Welcome to Master Phil in your corner. And here with the Undefeated Studios with Dougie Fresh Friedman. And we have an incredibly special treat today. Now, um, I'm pleased to introduce the man that I consider to be the godfather of American powerlifting. He was a longtime writer for Muscle and Fitness, Powerlifting USA, as well as many others since the 1970s, publishing over 1,000 articles. He has authored five books, including Strong Medicine, The Purposeful Primitive, and his uh, coup de grace of co-authoring Ferocious Fitness with yours truly. Uh, he is a world champion and multiple-time place winner, as well as record-setting powerlifter, and was a national champion and record-setting Olympic lifter as well. More importantly, as a co-head coach of Black's Gym and also coaching on his own, he has trained dozens of world champions and record setters. Uh, you know, just a couple names, Brad Gillingham, Captain Kurt Kowalski, Ed Cohn, Doug Furness, Lamar Grant, Joe Ladinier, Dave Jacoby, Mike Hall, Mark Chalet, just to name a few. He was also the strength and conditioning coach for UFC champion, The Hammer, Mark Coleman. And Marty also can be heard on his podcast, Raw, with Marty Gallagher. And he has Jim Steele and JP. And he's also uh, part of the Iron Company. And then, you know, we can let you do a shameless plug at the end. Uh, Please welcome the godfather of American powerlifting, Marty Gallagher. Hey, Marty, how you doing? Good, buddy. How are you, Phil? <laughs> oh, great, great. Hey, you know what? A uh, couple things. I know that you're aware of, uh, you know, I knew about you prior to us ever meeting. Um, but then, you know, when I've been, I, you know, I've been listening to the, the Forrest Gump of Strength series on your podcast. I'm like yeah. mesmerized by it. I'm addicted to it. I listen to it all the time. Uh, it's, it's, oh man, I, I just love it. And, it, you know, I've had a couple of revelations in there. Uh, especially when you're talking about the uh, the, the Nautilus guys and uh, from University of Maryland with the little college yep. shirts putting people through the circuits. Uh, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was around Maryland back then too. Uh, you know, I, was, I wrestled there and then I did, uh, you know, I uh, I took third in the Mr. DC bodybuilding. I won the um, Olympic powerlifting, uh, uh, I mean, the Olympic lifting competition down at University of Maryland. Um and uh, you know, Phil, I, I, Phil, yeah. Phil, you leave out your most important accomplishment. You were a bouncer at the Vue. Oh. <laughs> Man, we had some fun. Did, did you ever go to the Vue or the back room or you of, know, course, oh. of course, of course, yeah. of course. I mean, I mean, you, you know, people don't realize. I, I live, <laughs> I live, I lived fifteen minutes away. I lived in the blue collar section of Montgomery County. Oh, okay. College Park. I mean, of course, that's where you went. <laughs> I, I, I was good buddies with a guy who owned Hungry Hermans. Oh no way! Yeah, really. Of course, yeah. Oh yeah, wow, yeah. That, that got introduced so, to Mister Pibb's Soda there. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, hardcore, hardcore Maryland stuff. Jim oh, Steele. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll be he'll be excited to hear us talk about that. He's a, a Maryland folk. Yeah. yeah, we uh, we had. We came up in a similar area. Yeah, this whole Forrest Gump thing. I mean, they kind of they kind of hung that on me, but it, you know, basically, I, I was just kind of an average guy, uh, you know, know, from from Wheaton, and I happened to be born 
I don't know, it was sort of in the equivalent of the strength Gracie family. Uh huh. You know, like if you were born a Gracie. Yeah, you do right? jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, well, I was in, I was into this to the strength Gracie family. I was training with national with regional and national world champions by the mm-hmm. time I was four, fourteen. Huh. You know, right? So you got so I got all my techniques learned. I got mm-hmm. my you know what hard work really was. I was training with grown men. Oh yeah, and, and, you know, that, that, that's something that um, that I wanted to uh, run by you too. Uh, that we actually we have. Ne- I know we've had many discussions, but never discussed uh, a couple of these different things because I, you remember the um, uh, the Catalfo brothers from my book. Uh, yeah, yeah. They introduced me to this guy Tom Tom Roan and his gym. It was like the North Jersey Training Center in the basement of right. a trunking company. I, I don't know if you any if you know any guys. Uh, you know Chuck Williams. No, I'm sure we know people who know who yeah. knew Chuck Williams from back in the day because he was from the Jersey yes. clique of yes. powerlifters. Yeah, like or Dan- the North. Or it would be even more specific, right? Yes. What are you, North, North Jersey? Yes, North Jersey, right outside New York City, and and, uh, and they would and and the the lifters from that region would have a very specific, unique way of training, mm-hmm. uh, almost like the regional cooking. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the guys in Texas would train totally different than the guys in Northern California, who would train totally different than the guys in in Western Pennsylvania, who train different than the guys in Eastern Pennsylvania. You know, in all these different schools of strength, hmm. like happened in fighting. Yeah. You know, how all the different styles of fighting merged into MMA. Yes. Right. Well, all the different schools of strength sort of merged into the. Uh, it reached its uh, peak uh, during the Ed Cone era. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that and Kirk, and, you know, my mm-hmm. boy Kirk, and uh, it never that uh, we reached our peak in power sports in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, I mean that it was huge back then. I mean, um, yeah. you know. Uh, th- did you did you go to the seminar by the Barbarian Brothers at the uh, at the Wheaton Gold's Gym in 1983? No, but I no. trained with them there. Yeah, yeah. so I, I knew. I, I rode for most. I lived a mile from that gym. I knew those boys. That was the the Millers. They owned it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah, Doug, yeah, 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 yeah. They. Uh, the barbarians were there. They were there filming uh, DC, DC Cab. Cab. Yep, yep. <laughs> and they purposely. Uh, John was such a pill that they purposely bent up his new Smith machine. Oh God! Right <laughs> before they left, they were there for like you know two weeks. Yeah, yeah. But and at the end, they just they were so upset that they ended up. I don't know what they did. Hmm. And I put 900 pounds and did quarter inch shrubs or something with straps. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, just enough to leave a permanent chink in the bar. Yeah. Is there? See you later. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised to, to hear that from them. They were, they were funny, man. They, they told you, they told you exactly what they were stacking, the steroids they were taking, everything's a whole. Yeah. Crazy yeah. Thing. Yeah. They were great uh, pr- promoters. They never, they never actually competed. No. They were, uh, uh, they were actually the forerunners of the modern social media phenomenon. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. tremendous self promoters. Everybody today is, uh, is starring in their own reality TV show. You know? <laughs> Very true. Hey, um, right. I know that you know you were writing for Muscle and Fitness. Were you at the the Miss Olympia in New York City in 1987? No, man, I didn't go to really? any of the Miss anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I didn't see you there. Yeah, because I went up no, there. No, no, we just do. Yeah. We just did the man stuff. Yeah. Okay, and even that was even that was bad enough. I mean, <laughs> bodybuilding is a strange, strange universe, oh. brother. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, I've read several books on it. You know, I mean, I dabbled in it, um, and I dabbled in the sh- you know strength aspects, uh, the powerlifting too. But um, uh, you know. I, I mostly did it just because I wanted to be the strongest fighter I could be, and uh, I knew that. Well, you didn't know any better. No, I had no idea. <laughs> bodybuilding was uh, bodybuilding is is uh, dominates the media, dominates everything. Back yeah. in my day, that was not quite the case. It was sort of even Stephen between bodybuilding, powerlifting, and Olympic lifting, mm. and we there was no women's, there was no fitness, there was none no. none of that. Right, so. As athletes, we were the better for it because we practiced all three. Yeah. And, you know, the, the powerlifting is, you know, when you think in, of strength, you need to think in three general categories. Mm-hmm. In the far left, you'd have absolute strength. Right. Which is like the giant powerlifters. And, you know, that's, that's my particular mm-hmm. uh, area of expertise. That's maximum payload. Uh, move for very short distances with no regard for velocity. doesn't matter how fast you do it, right? Uh-huh. Uh, whereas explosive strength, which is in the middle, that's uh, moderate payload move with maximum velocity mm-hmm. for a big range of motion. Mm-hmm. That's Olympic lifting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Clean, snatch, jerk, you know, those are explosive, long movements. Yeah, And then... Uh, at the far right of the strength bar graph, you'd have stain strength, which, you know, that's that's what all the MMA guys do almost exclusively, right? Pick up a 100-pound heavy bag and run up the hill. Right, right. Right. Uh, 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 wrestle five fresh partners. Right. In a row, right, right. Uh, you know, all the drills that you guys do. You, uh, The MMA guys are the sustained strength masters. Yes. Okay. Nobody has better sustained strength. And again, they're trying to build the bigger gas tank, mm-hmm. which is understandable, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's a couple things that they that they miss. We can, because that's what I just touch. Can we just touch on this? Just I would love. I was. I, I was just going to take the, the MMA, the I, MMA I, thing and run with it because I, actually, I want to hear I about actually, this. I actually had a, a friend. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name the fighter, and I'm not going to be too specific, but he was a UFC world champion. Mm-hmm. And he went to a coach who was a, a really good national-level master bodybuilder. And he said, look, he said, I, would, I need to build my gas tank. So they got together, and they would train, and they would do like 50 reps on a machine uh, one machine after another, right? And they yeah. do that for like, I don't know, 40 straight minutes. Yeah. And again, so what the, what are they trying to do? They're trying to build sustained strength capacity, right? They want to build a bigger gas tank. He had a 10-gallon gas tank, and they want to enlarge it to 15 gallons. Mm-hmm. Right. And that strategy works. I think you do if you do that kind of work. That And that sustained strength is 
low payload, mm-hmm. uh, no real regard for velocity. Velocity can vary, but maximum duration. Yeah. Right? But you're injecting a you're injecting a muscular element into a cardio uh, an aerobic format, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it, it, mm-hmm. the, but, their strategy was great. They did they 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 built they increased his ten gallon gas tank to fifteen. Mm-hmm. But what you don't take into account is that when you're being tied up by Vandalay Silva and and uh, uh, kicked in the head. Uh-huh. Your, your your gas you go through your fifteen gallons pretty in, quick. <laughs> yeah, in less than a minute. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden you go through it like nitrous oxide, and yes, you have increased from ten to fifteen. God bless you. So instead of sixty seconds, you last ninety. Yeah. So here here's the thing that that, that um that I like to discuss. I mean, he he was just going forty minutes straight. I, I you know I've had much better success. With doing more of a, um, uh, you know, hit or interval training for for fighters because, you know, it's not steady state. It's explode, Uh, rest, explode, rest. Yes, yes, like sprinting. Yes, yes. Yeah, Tabata. Our favorite favorite cardio pairing for hard, if you're a hardcore lifter Mm -hmm. and we're minimalist, uh, we do very few exercises with... uh, very infrequently with maximum intensity. The perfect cardio pairing with that is sprinting. Yes. Because sprinting is like uh, lifting. You mm-hmm. do one all-out set and, you know, that might last, you know, what, 15 seconds at most. So sprinting is, is a perfect complement yes. for hardcore lifting. Yeah. Not, you know, not running five miles mm-hmm. now, uh, and even steady state. Now, one of the things with, with, with training for MMA, and I wanted to get your opinion on this, uh, you know, because, you know, we're, you're going through all of your major energy systems, you yep. know, you know, the ATP is shot, you know, in the first few seconds or so. And then how, you know, in a fight, you know, how do you train them to be able to recover that so they can get their explosive power? And then, you know, we, yeah. go, you know, we go into the lactic acid system and obviously the aerobic yep. system because you need yep. aerobic. In the training that you provide for for these fighters, what has been your strength and conditioning philosophy and how to address these particular uh, energy systems? Well, I can't, uh, you know, again, you have to be sport specific. I think, I, mm-hmm. I think just, I think the MMA guys do really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of sports specificity, yes. In terms of how they would up their game, I think there are two areas that that might be that might prove valuable. One of them is I, I did a book called uh, Strong Medicine with doc, Dr. Chris Hardy. Yes, great, and, great book, great. Book. Yeah, and <laughs> Chris was a really, really smart sports <laughs> guys, and uh, he thought that the that the real upside might be in nutrition That's, and mm-hmm. maybe even some sort of a, a you know miracle replenishment drink that you take like yeah. that instantly repletes you mm-hmm. your depleted system you know some sort of combination of ingredients that instantaneously you know rehydrates re-everything's your your depleted energy system we don't have that it's like you know it's like the solar powered car yeah. We're not there yet, but I think that that's one area that will come open in the not too far future. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, the technology expands so rapidly every month, every 
you know, year that in no matter, in a matter of time they go, okay, well, what we got is we've got this uh, new replenishment drink that you mm-hmm. drink for your fight. You drink it between rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it uh, improves your uh, sustained power by 48%. Yeah. Boom. You know, there you are. Yep. It- uh, I think that's, I think that's a, a, a breakthrough. I think another area than a, a breakthrough is I think that if fighters started to include absolute strength training, mm-hmm. uh, which I think right now they purposely avoid the, the thinking is we don't need that type of strength. Right, absolute strength. We don't we don't need that. We need the sustained strength. Or we can we like explosive strength too. Yeah. Well I'm I'm gonna those I- are those are great strengths you should have those. You should pay homage to all three. You know what? I Absolute, couldn't, yeah. explosive, sustained. You should do all three. But the MMA guys are like, we like sustained a whole lot. We like explosive. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like this. This makes it too big. We'll get too bulky and stuff like that. And it's, it's the, the quick answer to that is that if size and strength didn't matter, why do you need weight classes? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you know, the thing is that I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I think that, uh, you know, we actually, we actually addressed that in the book Ferocious Fitness we did together is that, yep. you know, in the off season, that's when you should be doing your heavy work to build that, that, that absolute strength, that just raw power. And then, and of course, when you get closer to your, you know, to your competition, well, you have to alter the training, and and then when you ultimately get very very close, you're just working cardio and stretching, uh, exactly. barely doing any strength training at all. But exactly. you, ha- you have to use, you have to use that time, that off time, to improve the areas you have weaknesses in. You know, if maybe you have to work in a jujitsu game, maybe you have to work in a striking game, maybe you have to work on your strength. You know, uh, you need that absolute strength to to you know garner that knockout power. That's going to help you. It's also going to help you resist things. Also, being strong, cock strong, makes you resilient. Yes. It makes you resistant to injury. It makes you resistant to blows. It makes you resistant. Yep. It makes you stronger. You're just stronger. You know, uh, Mike Tyson and Sugar Ray Leonard are the same height. <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. Well, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> what's the difference? <laughs> well, the difference is 60 pounds of muscle mm-hmm. right and that's that power you look at tyson look at his legs and his back oh that's Ugh. where the power comes from yep. it's from those those globs of muscle and of course he learned how to transmit that power from his foot to his fist you know at a very early age and he's a master technician but that's what we do in powerlifting. we do very specific movements we do fewer things better mm-hmm uh, currently, we we got a bunch of guys that only strength train one time a week. You know, that's what I wanted to talk to you about too, man. Because I, you know, I, I tried this. Yeah, it's crazy. I I tried this years ago when um, you know I was reading probably one of your articles in Muscle and Fitness or whatever about the you know once a week training. I, I, you know, maybe I was doing something wrong with it, but. Um, it you have to periodize. You have to hold yourself responsible. You have to have a goal. The goal has to be realistic, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, what happened with me is in 1988, mm-hmm. I took a job as a warehouse foreman. Up in uh, Connecticut, and, right? And I, Yeah, Wil- yep. Milford, Connecticut. I had yeah. to railroad. I had to ramrod a 
30 criminals uh, you know, in a minimum wage warehouse environment with a liquor store right across the street. So, you know, during the week, I didn't get any time to train. I had to be there 10, 12 hours a day. Yeah. And I found out that the, that the power lifters trained at Kenny Fantano's place, which was right. in West Haven. That ain't New Haven. West Haven's different, right? So, yeah, it was the muscle yeah. factory. <laughs> yeah. So I went over and met Kenny, and we hit it off right away, which you mm. would hit it off right away. He's just pure alpha. Awesome. Uh, Kenny, at the time, he was at his peak, 5'11", 360, <laughs> 9, 40, 40 squat double, uh, 633 bench press double, <laughs> and athletic as hell. They used to play wiffle ball outside <laughs> yeah, savage wiffle ball right they have all these big giant guys and oh man he's cussing and screaming and just fight to break out and next next door to the place they had a pizza a pizza shop right yeah which is fantastic and they go we finish the workout they go hey mark get, call us ever next door get us some pies and they're like pies what are, you, what are you talking about man you want like a pecan pie after a workout what <laughs> Apple pie, what? No, pie, you know, pizza. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But they do all their training on Sunday. Ken could Ken could not get any uh, peace of mind during the week running the gym. So he'd shut the gym to the public on Sunday. Yeah. And then the hardcore guys would go in there and we would squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, and do arms all in one session. Hmm. Right? That's all you need. And that's all you need if you do it right you can, but each week you have to so that's what we did and I learned I won the Connecticut State Championship that year squatting once uh, lifting once a week I squatted 660 I weighed two, 218 I squatted mm -hmm. 660 bench 368 and deadlifted 644 mm -hmm. nice yeah <laughs> one time a week training so I knew that it worked right yeah not that you have to do it all the time, but it's like another arrow in your bag of tricks, right? Mm. I've got a big bag of tricks now. Yeah. Right? That's a valid one. Uh, and Chile did a very similar version of the same thing. Mark right. would squat and bench on Monday. Mm -hmm. That's it. No other assistance work, nothing. Just squat and bench, work up to a single rep. And then on Thursday, he'd work up to a single rep in the deadlift. And he's done. That's it. That's it for the week. So well, the only difference is he didn't put all three in the same day. Yeah. How, how right? many how many sets would Chalet do, or would you guys? Well, do, it, it, I, you mean, know. It, well, I mean, if he okay. So if Mark would what in the deadlift, let's say he's working up to eight forty five. So you'd go yeah. start with two fifty five. That's two gold hundreds on each side with a mm -hmm. collar. So you got two fifty five, four fifty five, six fifty five, seven forty five. Uh. 745 yeah probably 795 for and, and then 835 or 845 right. so, so how many sets is that seven. Like seven and are these single reps every time or are you doing uh you know five uh, reps no, in the he, beginning he might, do, he might do three reps with the first set but after that it'd be a single rep wow. but each week now he would move that top set up yeah for 12 consecutive weeks yeah because okay I, I, that's the key, yeah. and he'd end up setting world records. All right, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get as minimalist as possible in my in my workout and get the most out of my training. 
Um, but uh, you when know, it, after when it comes to abs, when it comes to absolute strength, you only have to do it once a week, and you only have to do three lifts. Yeah. But now the thing is also, you know, I, I, I love doing my kettlebells. I need my muscular endurance and my martial arts. That's training. different. That's so, different. That so. has nothing to do with absolute strength. I'm just talking about yeah. absolute strength. Cool. What did Jesus say? I don't know. Love and then do as you like. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, do hardcore lifting on Sunday, then go do as you like. Right. You do yeah. anything you want after that. Go play football. Go play rugby. Yeah. You know, you put your, your absolute strength training. You do it one time a week. That's, uh, that's you know, one day a week and you're boom. done. And it only takes for a, a normal strength guy. It's only going to take 30 minutes because you're only going to do four, maybe five sets and three exercises, 15 sets. How long does that take? Yeah, it's not going to take it's less than a yeah, half hour, 40 minutes tops. Yeah. Yeah. And you're done for the week. And, and what the, the key is because you periodize. Yeah. We'd like to start off about 5% below current capacity. Mm-hmm. You want to start off your periodization cycle. We like 12, 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we start off slightly below capacity, and then we want to end up 2 to 5% above capacity at the end yeah. of it. But by starting below capacity, you're able to get momentum, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you're slaughtering those first sessions. You're crushing yeah. it, right? Yeah. You know, and, and you're feeling good. And mm-hmm. we also like to synchronize it with either a weight gain or a weight loss. Uh-huh. Huh. We I mean, there's not, there's no sense in really training to stay the same. No, 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 no. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, so, so that's, that's the, the, what we try to do. And, you know, even if it's a half pound weight gain a week, that's going to keep you anabolic. Mm-hmm. You know, nutrient-wise, you're going to be in positive nitrogen balance. Uh, you're, you know, any weight gain that you have is going to be muscle because you're getting stronger. You, you know, right? so you're increasing lean muscle mass. Well, at the end of 12 weeks, you're, you know, you're six to 10 pounds more muscled up, man. Yeah. And your bench is probably going up 40 pounds, and your squat, your deadlift have gone up 60, and mm. you're just stronger. You, you know and what? You've done it on, and you've done it on thirty minutes a week. Come on, yeah, man, that, you can't beat that. You can't beat Sign that. Sign me up. <laughs> you, know, you know, and the thing is that you know, I, you know, before we, I'm going to ask you some questions on on nutrition. But the thing yeah. I want to get across to the to the people listening in is that the guys you're talking about are ridiculously huge. I mean, right. they are huge people. I mean, I, you know, I, I met some of these guys with Marty and, of course, you know, seen some people uh, at powerlifting meet and so forth. But the guys that Marty is talking about, the guys that employ this method, these world champions, these guys are enormous. And, you know, uh, you know, I was brought up on the philosophy that, you know, you had to stay in the gym and bang it out. And, you know, I did more of like a, a body power method yeah. of training. Yeah. You know, bodybuilding power, but but these guys minimalize it. I mean, to me, that's that's just gold. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, and, you know, it's like you know, in strength, like in MMA, there are levels and there are levels. Yeah, right. And at the levels, uh-huh. uh, less is better, but you have to have you have to have be based in proper techniques. Yes. That's the thing. You have to have, if you don't have the, the correct squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, arm techniques, then, uh, which they don't today. Everybody's doing partials. So everything in strength training today is about how to make it easier. Yeah. Right. What can we do to make it easier? Well, we can, 
I don't know, we can squat higher or we can not lock out our benches or we can wear our belts and knee wraps and, you know, maybe a monolift or, you know, you know, just things to make, make it easier. We're about in the school that I came from is how can we make it harder? Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, you what know. can we do to make like a squat? Okay. What's that? You know, Squats are horrible. What can we do to make them more horrible? Right? <laughs> it's funny. Well, <laughs> well you know, and, and my coach, Hugh Cassidy, world champion, huge Cassidy. Yeah. And, you know, we do stuff like, well, first thing we can do is we can go ass on heels. Mm-hmm. All the way down. Yeah. No, no partial, no stopping. All the way down. Oh, what else can we do? Oh, I know. We could pause at the bottom before we come up. <laughs> I remember that in your seminar. <laughs> Right. What else? Oh, I got an idea. Let's not explode. Let's go Take away the explosion. <laughs> Gr- grind, grind, grind it. Grind that squat. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, what else can we do? Oh, you only get one breath per squat. We call that on the breath. You don't get to sit there and take, you know, four or five breaths, you know, cuff breaths. Mm-hmm. And when you squat like that, first off, it makes lightweights heavy. Mm-hmm which is great. Oh yeah. Uh, second, you're, you become super strong over the entire range of mm. motion. Yes. There's no gaps. A mm. guy who squats this high, everything below there, he's naked. Yep. Right. Yeah. No, we go, we're, we go all the way down. There's no gaps. And because of that, we don't have, you know, we're, we're strong all over and we have strength from the bottom up. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and the same with all the lifts. And we, we replicate that in the bench press where we do a lot of stretchy dumbbell stuff. Mm-hmm. What can we do to make the bench press harder? Well, we can use dumbbells, mm-hmm. right? Or at the bottom, we can just exhale and relax and let all your tension go. That would be hard. And then re-engage. Oh, and then we have to grind erect. That We have five iterations for each lift. Each iteration builds sequentially on, on its pres- predecessor and on its successor, right? Now, which, which book and, is this in? Which book is this in? Me? Which book do you have this in? No, what? this is just secret this knowledge. Is, we don't yeah. uh, allow this yeah. to be printed. <laughs> yeah, I know that I've experienced some of it, but... Uh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, it's yeah. in the purposeful primitive. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Because I'm like, wait, I'm, yeah. this, some of this is familiar. Plus, it was in your uh, in uh, your seminar. Uh, you know, that, yeah, yeah. I get, uh, Again, this is stuff that was handed down to me by my mentors. Yeah. I, you know, we've improved it and evolved on it somewhat yeah, sure. over the 50 years. But it's like, uh, you know, if you're running a really good ethnic restaurant, you know, you don't want to modify grandma's recipes too much. No, 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 not right? at all. Not at all. <laughs> you know, little tweaks here and there. Yeah. But but that's, that's what we do. We have a very limited menu of exercises. Hmm. Uh, but we have highly specified techniques. And, and we have graduations, and you gotta you gotta be able to master the core technique before you're allowed to go to the second, before you're allowed to go to the third. In the squat, for example, the, the core technique is the ass on heels, no weight squat. Yeah. Then the first or the second iteration, Phil, is the goblet squat. Uh huh. Right. Then the third iteration is the front barbell front squat. Mm-hmm. Easy transition, right, from goblet to front squat, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Then to high bar back. Yep. Then and only then do you get to go to low bar back. Mm 
Hmm. Now, everybody in the world, they just let these guys they jump in. Jump into the low bar. Oh, yep. Which is an invitation to, to just bend forward. Exactly. Which is what we're exactly not about. Yep. We're very upright. We, we have very upright torso, uh, vertical shins. The mm-hmm. only thing that really is moving is the femur. Why? Because that's the maximally difficult. That's how you get 30-inch thighs and 1,000-pound squats. Boom. Boom. You don't get it from bending bending your back over and barely breaking parallel. Now with, with, <laughs> yeah. No, you don't break parallel. You don't come close <laughs> to parallel. Uh, that's how you get 25-inch uh, thighs and 500-pound squats. Yep. That's yep. nice. But yeah. that's also how you get back injuries from bending forward with a huge amount of weight yep. none of my guys all my guys are like bulletproof mm-hmm. i've never had a spine injury i've never had a serious well uh what's a serious mystery um i had a compound fracture in my left lower leg but that was an impact that was, injury that was uh, a, from a lousy you know, spot I, <laughs> yeah. yeah i had a i had a squat bar slip off my back <clears throat> and, but uh but, but if you because we learn these techniques proper from the get-go, it mm-hmm. keeps you safe. Yes. Right. Exactly. It, it, and then over time, well, I'll be, uh, in April, I'll be 70. Yes. And I'm on no medication. Uh, mm-hmm. I get out, I, I run, and I can I can beat ass on a whole lot of 20-year-olds in the lifting. Oh, no doubt. I've, I've, I've seen it. Hey, it's yeah. not much of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'm able to 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 run. Yep. I, I don't mean jog. I mean run. Yep. Uh, yeah. And it's it's just a matter of of knowing how to do these things without blowing yourself apart. I go maximal, but I do it safely. Okay. There's a way to take it. The only way that you're gonna gonna gain muscle is by going past what you're currently capable of. Right. Why would the why would the body reconfigure itself in response to ease and sameness? Yep. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's not going to. It's got no, it's got no impetus to change. No. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you change it? Well, the, uh, a lot of guys have the theory about oh, we'll flog the muscle to death. We'll do five sets of five. Mm-hmm. And we're like, nah, you know, we just like to just like drop an atomic bomb on at once and move on. You know, we don't need a bunch of. <laughs> We don't need a bunch of small arms fire, you know, and a bunch of RPGs. Here's a, you know, the mother of all bombs, you know, boom. Okay, there we go. One top one top set in a major exercise done right. Move to the next one. You know, Let's go. You know, uh, you know, I hear you making these references to, you know, the military and so forth. I know that you're, you're uh, very popular with training our Special Forces, if you could uh, elaborate on some of the stuff that you do with our, with our uh, boys out there in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, for the past decade, I've worked on an official and ongoing basis with uh, Naval Special Warfare Development Group, Dev Grew, out of Virginia Beach, yep. and I worked with Tier 1 guys, and they approached me for the exact same thing. They were like, we have a conundrum. We understand and love, you know, training, strength training, but we don't have the time. We have so many things that we have to do. We've got to keep up on our ground fighting. We've got to keep up on our new time. We've got to keep up on our, you know, pistol shooting. We've got to keep up on, you know, jump, uh, jumping out of planes, you know, 
you know, I've got to keep up on screen, you know, on and on it goes. All these skill sets that they have to stay on top of, they don't have time to be in the gym even three times a week for an hour and a half. Yeah. And I said, well, I got an idea. <clears throat> you know, what if you were able to do it all? And give me an hour. Can you give me an hour a week? And they go, yeah. So, you know, we went down and trained, trained with the guys and, you know, they, uh, they took to it and we've been down there every year. I typically, I'll take a, I'll take a crew of five coaches in with me and we'll stay for a week. Hmm. And all we do every day, twice a day, four hours, four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon, it's this minimalistic strength training along with our minimalistic programming. And again, it's because it's time compressed for when they're stateside. Now, when they're deployed, Mm-hmm. They have a lot of time. Yeah. Right. So that's when Jim Steele, who is a master of um, volume programming, mm-hmm. they'll call Jimmy and Jimmy will, will write him up. You know, he said, well, what are you going to do? I said, oh, we're so bored. <laughs> you know, and, and that's when they might do some high volume bodybuilding kind of stuff where they mm-hmm. kind of moderate the, the intensity, but it's just, uh, you know, well, we're going to be here for two hours, you know, we need to make it across the finish line. So, you know, it's just, uh, we're not going to set any personal records, but we're going to do a lot of sets. Uh, I pointed out that, uh, at Schwarzenegger at his peak, yeah, he was, he was doing 700 sets a week. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was doing, um, two a days, right? Uh, six day a week double split. Yep. <laughs> now, when, when my 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 uh, protege, my boy Kirk Karwaski, when yep. he won his world championship, mm-hmm. he was doing twenty five sets a week. It's so funny because, you know, you know, I was brought up with, you know, reading education of a bodybuilder and, uh, you know, and, and that's the what I thought. I mean, I thought we, I had to train six days a week, you know, just, just pounding myself. Well, you know, it probably did you some good mm-hmm. from a, like a conditioning, oh, conditioning, yeah. conditioning, you know what I mean? Yeah. My conditioning was Thank off the you. charts. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's a valid error to have, to have the quiver. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't want to make a religion out of it. No, no. I mean, you know, it's a, I, I don't think it's going to give you that, that, like you said, absolute strength, um, you know, for that one pop, that one lift. Um, I don't think, I, I don't think it's going to yield that. So, but um, you, you know, I, I don't know if you, actually, I don't know if you remember, but um, I brought my daughter down to the, to your, the powerlifting uh, seminar and um, you know she did a competition she won and she's going to be competing in Easton on the 15th of uh, February so uh, where uh, in Easton Pennsylvania there's a meet there uh, now it's such a suburb of Philly I think yeah. uh, Allentown 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 oh uh, okay yeah Allentown. the central Pennsylvania yeah 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 okay. yeah, yeah yeah so uh, if she hits her numbers man she's going to the nationals so well yeah good what what what, what, what do you have an idea what the numbers would be? What's your weight class? Uh, so 120 pounds? Yep, 123. Yeah, 123. And she's squatting. How, how, tall, how tall is she? She's tall and thin, right? No, no, she's short and thin. <laughs> she's a 5'2 and a half. Well, I, no, I didn't mean tall. I didn't mean like 5'8. Yeah. I meant, yeah. yeah she's 5'2 and a half. Uh, uh-huh. And she's squatting 260. Mm-hmm. Uh, benching 150 and 
deadlifting somewhere in the neighborhood of her squat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's wearing gear in the squat. I'm sorry? Is she wearing gear in the squat? Um, I don't, I don't know, know if she's belt wearing... belt and wraps I think she's... I, I don't... She wears just a like a like a singlet. Um, mm-hmm. And then she wears... Uh, I don't know if she's wearing the knee wraps. I think she puts slip-on sleeves and a belt. That could be. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Good, good, yeah. good, good. That's uh, that's good. Just make sure her techniques are good and want to keep her safe. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, so I'm not I'm not training her anymore though. Uh, you know, because there's only so far, there's only so much your dad's gonna do, and you gotta let her go somewhere else. Well, you so. want to maintain your relationship. Oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you know, don't we gonna listen to we're, you so we're, much? We're too we're too used to we're too used to um, <laughs> talking to other alpha males. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's different. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to one of the podcasts, and I, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but you said that he always liked to hang out with lessers. And I'm thinking, man, I like to hang out with alphas. You know, I mean, look at a lot of the guys I associate with and guys I hang out with. They're all accomplished, hard piping dudes, and you know that's where I feel most most comfortable. You know. And your point is, <laughs> uh, well, point is, I, I don't know why somebody wants to hang out with someone lesser other than they just some, not a, some. My, type of, my my solution has been to retire from society. <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, I see um, during the week. I see my wife. Uh-huh. I see the people at the grocery stores that I go to. You know, the farms I go to, the yeah. butcher shops I go to. Uh, and I train. Okay, yeah. You train, train the group of train guys. the boys once a week. Yeah. Uh, uh, go down to, to Donnie Berry's yeah. farm gym, and it's a bunch of uh, local fellows, just great, you know, normal American guys from yeah. the neighborhood. Uh, and we we work with them, Kirk and I. And mm-hmm. so Karwaski and I coach them, you know, and, and uh, they train once a week. They do squat bench that Some of them stick around. And we'll do overhead presses and yeah. curls and stuff. A lot of them will. They'll just they'll just go. But they're construction workers and they're firemen and they're you know working a gas station. They don't have time, you know. And they have families and right, kids. Right. You know what I mean? They have no time during the week. Yeah, so they, yeah. they show up on Sunday. We mm-hmm. train from nine to eleven. We've pushed as many as twenty guys through yeah. in two hours. And each week, see everybody. Everybody knows. Who they are, where they're at, where they want to get to, what their number is for that day. Uh, no one talks while the other guy lifts. Yeah. Everybody, you focus on. Now we might have two two different platforms going, but whoever's lifting, everybody's paying attention to him. And there's no phones, and there's no texting, and there's no idle conversations, and it's just like the the church of lifting. And let me tell you. You you don't want to be doing crazy stuff with Kirk Karwaski sitting five feet away from you. <laughs> hey, guys, guys, a beast. Uh, you know, it's funny. He, will alert, he will alert you. We, <laughs> we really drill them on the techniques. Once they learn the techniques, they're good. Yeah. And yeah. some of these guys have been with us for five years. Everybody's making progress. They yeah. are crushing at the local 
powerlifting because basically we're sort of doing the powerlifting competition every Sunday. Right. You know, we're doing squat bench deadlift and yeah. on the way. Yeah. And they'll stay in the same rock range. Like, you know, we'll work, okay, you know, we're, we're far away from uh, competition, so we're going to work on eights. Yeah. And they'll work on eights together for four weeks. Then they'll shift to fives. Then they'll, for four weeks, then they'll shift to threes. I think now they've got a, they have a competition in four training weeks and five weeks until the competition. So I believe they're shifting to triples. Mm -hmm. They'll do two weeks of triples, probably a couple of weeks of doubles or singles, and mm -hmm. bang, then they go. But uh, Which, they, uh, they, they, they crush in competition because they're used to it. They're yeah. sport-specific. What dumb? Um, yeah, I was wondering if they were going to be at the the meet on the fifteenth, or what what meet are they training for? Well, I tell you, powerlifting is so ridiculous now. We're so schismed. Yeah. We're so there's so many organizations. Every time you turn around, it's you know, and everybody's a world champion. Everybody's a national champion. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, now we've got the national champion of oh, oh he's the world champion of Ohio. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's the world champion of Texas. Uh, Oh, he's, he's, the, he's the world champion of, of Washington State. Okay. okay. <laughs> they used to do the same thing with martial arts, you know, before the UFC and so forth came around. There'd, there'd be <sighs> tournaments. Oh, yeah, it's a world championship. Oh. They're called the world champion. They have, they have you know, one, one guy from Puerto Rico, another guy <laughs> from uh, Canada, yeah, exactly. and it's the world championships exactly. of Pennsylvania. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we have... We have quite a few world championships in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and just like you said, we got you got two guys from Puerto Rico, right. three three banned Russian lifters, probably mobbed up. <laughs> right. uh, and a bunch of Americans. Now, when I competed, uh, I competed at uh, three world masters championships, and also yeah. I'm a world master champion, not an open champion. Big mm. difference. Yeah. But I competed. In Australia in '91, yeah. gold medal 220. Montreal in '92, no, Australia in '92, gold medal 220. Montreal '93, 42, and then Slovakia the next year 242, and 34 competing countries. And no one spoke English in the warm up room. I mean, you know, what I mean, that's a real, world <laughs> that's, a, that's a world championship. You right. know, and, you're in Slovakia yeah, and, lifting weights. That's a world championship. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Baby. And again, you walk in the warm up room and it smells because for whatever reason, they think it's some sort of a psych out. Eastern <laughs> European lifters and they purposely smell and you walk into the weigh in room and it's like oh my god you're ready to toss your guts and they're like <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you I learned and, that <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah that, it's, uh, nowadays it's like oh yeah you're world champion yeah, yeah. of the WKDY uh, Federation out of uh, you know whatever Abilene Texas you know <laughs> it's just it's such a joke uh, when I first started there was one national championship oh it was so wonderful Everybody competed in yeah. one organization. Then we had like a Tower of Babel where everybody started speaking different languages and just drugs, drugs mm. splintered us apart and blew us to pieces and yeah. went in 15 different directions. But for this magnificent period of time, everyone trained to lift it. We had the, the junior national championships, the national championships. And yeah. wow, the quality of the guys, the 
bodies the physiques i mean these guys the, the, these those were the all-time immortals yeah uh when it's schismed everything diluted everything you know no one knows who's the best or not and, hmm. You know, everybody got all this crazy gear. Uh, the gear, Ugh. I don't know if you guys are aware of it, but if you see a guy wearing a bench shirt, they're adding 40% yeah. to benches. Unfortunately, I am aware of that. And I remember when it's those things just, came out, it's, I'm like, oh, it's so stupid. Insane. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> I, used to uh, mock, I used to mock those guys out at the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, but it, 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 tainted everything everyone's like well how come you don't bench 800 so right. nobody benches 800 <laughs> they, well, they got so out of hand that the, the uh, bench press record exceeded the deadlift record <laughs> <laughs> you guys are you guys are laughing it's not funny the, the bench press record is like 1102 pounds that's stupid now the raw the raw the best that's ever been done raw Mm -hmm. 744 pounds and it wasn't done by the guy who did the 1102 yeah uh so if you do the math by putting a shirt on you're adding 40 to 50 percent yeah it's like 48 percent or something yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy it would be like if if you were a, a high school athlete who ran an 11 second 100 meter dash good yeah. time yeah if you went to the uh, Nike store, you bought these magical <laughs> shoes, you put them on, and you could run 8-3. You could run faster than you saw. <laughs> you guys are laughing. They, they, that's what happened to my sport. It oh. decimated us. I mean, then, I, you know, and they, then they brought in these things called the monolith, which they used in the squat, because they said, oh, we have to eliminate the walkout on the squat because it's so dangerous. And I'm like, the what? What? wait a minute, there's never been any injuries in the walkout. I've been watching this thing for 20 years. What are you talking about? Now, yeah. the real reason was because they can do 200 pounds more if they don't have to walk it out. Right? Huh. So then we got that. Then they started wearing all this crazy gear. Thankfully, it looks like the, the gear lifting is dying. The hmm. CrossFit, because they emphasize squats and deadlifts, mm -hmm. The raw powerlifting has been barraged over like the last five years, so it's really, really good news. It really looks like that the, that the geared lifting is finally. I mean, I, I I don't even wear. I've worn a belt in probably twenty five years. I, I wear sure. nothing. I just train, but I'm training, you know, for fighting pretty much. And we, train not, naked, we train naked. We train naked if we could. Yeah, my friends. You know, the, 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 what sometimes can we I do, do to make it harder. What can yeah. we do to make it harder? Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I want to. I want to. You know, that's why I, I love this um, this notion of of minimalizing everything and just getting the most out of it. Here and using you know a lighter weight to be able to get that full range of motion on the squat. I mean, it's something. It's, it's something. Uh, luckily, I was trained in that in that fashion as well, and and that's why my squats are pretty decent. Um, but doing it that way. Must have trained your curls a little bit too. Looking at your arms, <laughs> you know. Let me tell you the funny thing. I I never. I, I only you're did one. Lying. I only, you're lying. No, I'm you're lying. No, no, don't even say no I'm not going to say <laughs> I did. I'm not going to say I didn't. But I only did one. Even when I competed, I only did one exercise for my biceps. I did so much back. Yeah, but how many hours a day? <sighs> well, I would typically okay uh, when I was training when Percy and I were training. Come and, on. And uh, I'll tell you, we'd go about an hour, hour and a half, 
and we turned okay. forty. That's not bad. Yeah, um, and I know you guys are quacks. I've been to the to your gym there with uh, at, at Don's place, but um, what Percy and I would work out in the Riverdale YMCA, <laughs> and we would just abuse each other. You know, going onto squats, screaming at yeah. each other, hitting yeah. each other with stuff, calling each other all kinds of names that we can't say on this podcast because I keep it curse free. Um, we would just be. To, uh, just uh, be, people be looking at us and we'd be screaming and puking and snotting and everything. But man, I got, you know, got pretty strong, you know? <laughs> but I don't well, know if anybody we, wants to do that. I don't know if anybody wants to do we, that. Anymore. I, 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 I avoid the alphas that act out at the YMCA. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you oh should, you should. It's smart to, but, you know, you have to remember I was to what? 20, 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. You know, oh, you know, so, yeah, we were just, we were just getting, we were getting bigger and stronger every day, you know, bouncing at night and, you know, lifting. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, well, Percy, Percy's an old Chile, uh, oh, uh yeah. graduate. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's how I made the connection. He, he traveled, he traveled, Percy traveled with us. Uh, I could, when I coached Mark, when he won that APF World Championships in Maui, yep. Percy went with us. Yes, we, I remember. We went, we went with us for our thoughts. I think we were there for eight days. I mean, it was fantastic. I was insanely jealous of him. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like oh, are you kidding me? And there, yep. I, I remember he was doing you like something. You should have been. I, <laughs> oh, I was. I was. I, you should have been. That oh. was one of the great trips of all time, buddy. I just started. <laughs> I, you know, I only graduated in '84 in the winter, and I just started in my job and so forth in '85. There's no way I was going to go away for a week and a half or whatever it was. But uh, I, yeah, and I, I didn't have any money rich. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I had some I had some rich rock and roll friends friends and they flew over from DC wow. to join me after the competition and we stayed another five days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got the eighties, baby. Yeah, the, no I'll, I'll tell you what. Still, to me, the eighties were the best. Uh, now, yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. This is the best. The twenty twenties are the best. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, the only thing I look is, is, you know, we're still alive, so it's all good. Yeah, so. Still, still so what else do you guys want to know? Well, I mean, you have been an incredible wealth of knowledge. I know we could probably just do this for several we'll days. Do it, we'll do it again. Yeah, we'll oh, it definitely, again. We'll, definitely. We'll do it again and pick a different topic. We'll, we'll, we'll zero in on something. Okay. Oh, can can I snag one, Marty? Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Back in the day, I uh, I played lacrosse in college, and I struggled very much to put on mass, put on weight. I was in the gym three times a day and doing everything that pretty much the opposite of what you're saying. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if I could go back in time and tell yeah. myself, you know, how to gain mass, how to gain weight, because you know I, I was an attackman, so these big defenders are pushing me around. I would say just, you know, work up to one rep max once a week. Well, no, 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 no. That. Uh, that Mark is an extreme example. He's an outlier, right? He shows what is possible. That is not to say there's no one magical system that you find and use the rest of your life. You, you develop a series of effective systems that you rotate, like Mm -hmm. you change shirts, right? You Mm -hmm. use it for 10 or 12 weeks, put it away. We love contrast. Mm -hmm. If you've been lifting, heavy and hard looking to gain lean mass for 12 weeks what is more natural than the next 12 weeks hey you know what let's go leaner and lighter and more volume and you know more cardio and less food and you know and you we 
it's an ebb and flow. It swings back and forth. It's very natural. Which uh, we also get. I like it. I can. I get in sync with the seasons. In the winter time, that's when I put on my size. I, you know, foods taste better. You know, <laughs> for, in your case, I don't want to get into my case. In your case, if we were to go back in time, now what you would do is first you would get a, a good teacher who would show you these core techniques and you would stick to the basic exercises, your squats, your benches, your power cleans, your deadlifts, mm-hmm. overhead pressing of some type, barbell, dumbbell, uh, how to curl and actually make a mind-muscle connection, right, Phil? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, instead of just throwing the weight up, how mm-hmm. to do triceps and actually activate them. So you, once you learn the core techniques, yeah, then it's like, okay, I want to, what, what do you want? That's the first thing we did. What do you want? I want to get bigger. Okay, well, you got to, you got to add a pound a week, man. Now, were you a skinny, small guy or an overweight guy? Yeah, no, skinny, small guy, and oh, like, still I skinny. That, yeah, that's still that's skinny. <laughs> Nothing's changed. That's so easy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I well, eating... I, tell you, I tell you this uh, back in my day, you weren't serious if you didn't drink a gallon of whole milk a day. Boom. Uh-huh. That's in addition to your regular food. Yeah, That's I mean, I was starch. doing Rockies. I was doing the cracking eggs and eating it whole. I was eating ro- full rotisserie chicken. Yeah, like well, nothing well, was working for me. Well, <laughs> guess what? Guess what? You weren't eating enough. Yep. It wasn't eating, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Whatever it was, it wasn't, it wasn't enough. enough. True. Right? And <laughs> your, your, your lifting probably was counterproductive. You probably was, uh, was it, were you stressed out? Was it a stressful time for you or a good time? No, it was good, but uh, so yeah, like okay, I was that's also all, lifting that's all, that's It wasn't like, sometimes we get across purposes. Sometimes you're trying to gain weight, but you know, whatever, you're going through a divorce. I mean, that's, no, no, that's mm-hmm. the time we're going to get lame. Yeah. Right. When, <laughs> when stress comes, eat less. Right. Uh, we're, Phil, we're big believers in periodic fasting. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm an intermittent fasting guy. I don't eat my first meal of the day till 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. I'm older and I need to eat less. Okay. Yep. I try to clean up my content. You know, in the wintertime, it's tough. You know, I drink. I'd like to drink beer. Mm. I don't drink hard liquor anymore. No, no, no more whiskey. No, not anymore. It 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 messes my next day up too much. I can't afford that. Right. Well, I'm just saying it it does. It it destroys. It's terrible. uh, I have a very uh, regimented lifestyle. uh, Naturally regimented, not not willpower. But I, you know, I write every day, and if I drink hard stuff the next day it's like just forget it you know it's it's i'm sick i'm poisoned yeah so but we do periodically fast and detoxify you gotta you gotta insulin is the key you can't mix fat and sugar okay that's deadly and you need to control your insulin and the way you control your insulin is first of all uh clear out clean up detox stop eating and if you stop eating, as your insulin receptor sites will clear out and normalize. But you got to get the gunk out of your system. You have to get insulin down. And if you take carbs in, that's not going to happen. So you got to bite the bullet and get in touch with hunger. That's what we call it: get in touch with hunger. And, and when you're talking about carbs, um, you're talking about you have to you have to think of carbs in three types. You have your fibrous carbs, which are perfectly okay. Yep. Right, here's, the way to, here's the way to think of it. If it's not fat, 
if it's not protein, if it's not fiber carb, it's undigested sugar. Mm-hmm. Oh, name anything other than those three, and it will be turned in, into glycogen in your body. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's, that works so well because I, um, during the break, I mean, I'll put on weight like nobody's business. And I know people look at me and say, yeah, you're full of garbage. No. Let me, let me tell you. I'll tell you straight up. We had I had off five days. I took off, and I was driving around with my family, and we were eating and drinking every night. You know, not, not just a couple of glasses of wine, nothing crazy. I'm I usually walk around between 189, 192. I went up to 204. Well, 204. You were just uh, getting reacquainted with your Italian heritage. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and I just like sloughed everything down my throat again. <laughs> fat and sugar, fat yep. and sugar. That, that was killing me. Uh, I'm, well, I'm back down. I mean, yeah, you, yep. you you blow up. You just artificially expand as soon yeah. as you get that uh, stuff out of your system. You you um, go back to exactly things. exactly. Just, now, yeah. if you live that way, you uh-huh. look like uh, you know one of the the guys you know down at the restaurant. Yeah, right? I'd be like two ton Tony Galento. You know, I'd be huge. Yeah. So you know, I, so now uh, this morning I weighed in. I was one ninety one point eight. Boom. Yeah. I'm back in my range. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I'm doing and again, exactly what, what you're he's 30, talking about. You're 39, right? <laughs> Me? Shit, man. I'm 57. <laughs> That's impossible. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm 12 I, years younger. I'm only, I'm only 41. How could you be 57? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember you talking about some of the dates and stuff. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, guys. If if you haven't listened to Marty's podcast, listen to it. I just love it. I'm I'm addicted. <laughs> what, oh, yeah. what is it that what if you don't mind me asking? What is it that, that you like? Because the guys tell me that, and to me, it's like, do you really find this interesting? And they're like, oh yeah, it's great. I'm like, just my life, man. Why? Well, yeah. Life. Well, you know, it. A, you've lived a pretty cool life. Uh, it's crazy. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? it's nuts. B. I can relate personally to some of the things. Maybe I didn't do exactly what you did, but some of the things, you know. And, I, and you know I the neighborhood. Did, I, yes, and I know those people you're talking about. I know the areas you're talking about. Yep, you know, yep. I was fighting in those streets in PG County, uh, yep. drinking in those bars, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, I, and I knew a lot of these gyms. I, I mean, I, uh, you know, it, it just, it's just like, it just – incredible to me i just enjoy it it's so much fun to listen to it and you can relate to it and that's the thing and even the ones that i don't know the stories i don't know the people i don't know i mean it's just interesting to hear about them because it's they're like-minded and it's uh it's just it's just fun well it just seems like that um alpha alpha males intuitively relate to it you know yeah (laughs) and when i think about it it's it's kind of crazy the different situations that I have ended up in. And again, I'm not, I am not, uh, athletically, uh, uh, genetically gifted guy. I never have been. Uh, but still like, for example, just give you one, one, one example, uh, the greatest powerlifting performance of all time was done by a guy named Ed Cohn. Yeah. And weighing 219 pounds, he totaled 2,400, which was something that only super heavyweight lifters had done. And he squatted 963, bench pressed 550, and deadlifted 900. And uh, here, here's the Forrest Gump moment of it. I was his coach. <laughs> 
Yeah, wow. I was his competition coach that day. And 10 minutes before the meet, he came to me. Yeah. Serious as a heart attack. This is six months worth of work in the line. And he goes, you're going to call my numbers. I don't want to know. <laughs> what? So, I'm going to say what you're going to open with in the squat, what your second and third attempt in the squat is, what your bench press is going to be. And, you know, and that's as that's how it worked out. So wow. yeah, it was crazy. I mean, you know, and again, the guys that I've coached is a who's who. Oh God, yeah. Of uh, of lifting, you know, and how did I end up there? You know, mm-hmm. it was, was, was crazy. And then and then to get into get into the bodybuilding world, that was crazy too. I was sucked <laughs> up into the top levels of the bodybuilding world yeah. as a writer. They, they drafted me, and I'm going to the Arnold. I'm going, sitting in the front row of the Arnold Classic, the Olympia, the Night of Champions. You know, I'm interviewed. Yeah. I'm backstage pass. I'm going backstage, all the greats. I'm interviewed. I did uh, 83 articles for Muscle and Fitness and interviewed every top bodybuilder in the world and how they ate and how they trained. That was my job. I was the training guy. Yeah. So that gave me a huge uh, repository of information, right, which – helped me in my own because I'm formulating for the past 20 years I've been up here living alone yeah formulating all this stuff like a I don't know, an iron monk <laughs> that's so awesome yeah I gotta make my way down there but uh yes you do oh absolutely yeah yeah definitely well we'll, we'll, oh, we'll definitely know, plan something Phil, I tell you what we're having a um, a bench press overhead press seminar at Michael Krifka's place in uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland, when is that? That's the last week in February. So if any of the people are interested in coming down, that will be coached by myself, Kirk Korwaski, and Jim Steele. Well, guys, so, uh, yeah, promote what you want to promote right now, too. So we can yeah, get people asking yeah, if you have you any workshops to, to that, yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. in the Washington, D.C. area or want to come in, you know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to drill down in the bench press and the overhead press, and we're going to go through the five iterations of each of those and we're also going to talk about uh programming mm-hmm. uh periodization you know uh, all all that type of stuff so it's will be self-contained awesome. uh you know my my prime book is the purposeful primitive that's the yeah the, that's that's a great book great book um, and that's the one that that philosophically describes what we do. I would, I would call that the my hardcore book yeah, mm-hmm. for generalized fitness and for you know regular person fitness, strong medicine, which yes. I co-wrote with Dr. Chris Hardy. Another and great that's, book. that's 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 more like if you have a relative that doesn't train or something like that, or you know, you know. Yeah, they touch on it's, it's, it's yeah yeah the book yeah, addresses it's, a lot it's, of it's, different things. Yeah, for normal yeah. people, it's the best. Yes. Uh, but if you're if you're a hardcore guy or a, you know the purposeful primitive, and it's still relevant today, you know, it's uh, still uh, man, they love that book. That's what started. I mean, that's what got me in with uh, with the Navy and working mm. with the tier tier one guys. They read wow. that book and they lost their mind. <laughs> so, hey, uh, uh, yeah. Did did you want to? Okay, no, we plugged your raw uh, podcast. Did you want to plug anything about the Iron Company? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Iron Company, they're they're great. JP Bryce. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a podcast every Friday, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's live, and we'll talk about any any crazy thing. And also, each week I write a a, a column for Iron Company. So every week I post a, a 
column, whatever comes into my head. It could be anything. Generally, we think of this as the art and science of physical transformation. And in order to, to radically transform the human body, there are four areas. You have resistance training, cardiovascular training, nutrition, and something we call brain training, which is the psychological aspects of the transformative process. So that's, um, my cats are fighting over here. It's nice. like, it's, it's so distracting. You know, it's <laughs> purpose. So, uh, yeah, and that's, that's what we have. And that's also the, the core of the Purposeful Primitive book. Mm-hmm. Four distinct areas. You have to do a little bit in each in order to optimize the transformational process and that's what it's about we all want to transform from what we are into what we want to be oh before before we close out i do also have to let you know something and you know from listening to the the raw podcast in the forest gump situation that you are (laughs) you 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 are actually responsible for me doing kettlebells That's right. You know, there you go. There's another force cup. I'm not yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't because you know what? Yeah. You well, are. Well, I'll tell that story real quick. Let me just tell that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, definitely. It's, re- it's real simple. When Pavel Satsaline first came to this country, he was a stretching and flexibility guy. That was his thing. And he used to travel around to different cities putting on seminars and stretching and flexibility. When he came to D.C., he would come up. I live uh, 60, I live 70 miles north of Washington, D.C. in south central Pennsylvania in the country. I'm right at the base of the Catoctin Mountains. Camp David's on top of the mountain that I look at, right, the presidential retreat. So Pavel would come up and visit, and uh, he'd stay for a couple, three days, and we'd, you know, talk and stuff, and he'd hang out. And he, he really liked it up here. It was very peaceful. So we were out one night on the deck drinking wine and I said, What did you get your master of sport in? So I got it in kettlebells. I said, Well tell me about that. What do you what do you gotta do to do that? And I think they called it pods. Yeah. Poods. Pods. Poods. Poods. And they there were certain movements that they had to do with certain weight kettlebell or certain body weight. And if you did that you got your master of sports. And I said I said, Well that's very interesting. I said, you should write an article on that. He goes, No, nah. he said Americans would never be interested in kettlebells. <laughs> I said, well, I think you're wrong. I said, if you write an article, I will, I'll edit it and I'll get it published in Milo magazine with my friend, Randy Strassen. And that's what happened. And he got that article published and it was called I don't know, pickle, pickle juice and something. <laughs> and it was published in Milo magazine. And that was the start of the whole kettlebell revolution right there. And if I yeah. hadn't talked, talked him into it on my porch over a bottle of wine, it never would have happened. <laughs> You'd be working in the restaurant, Phil. Yeah, no, I'd still be. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be the kettlebell you'd be king. Making, <laughs> you'd be making up some more uh, pasta marinara. Yeah, exactly, I'd still be working at. I'd, I'd be working at Tartarugas. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's another. There's another crazy Forrest Gump moment. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like what? Yeah, that's and I didn't even. I don't even think of this stuff. Right? Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been a wild monkey run. Still is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Still is. Well, Marty, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming oh, on, and, and we'll, we'll talk offline, best. too. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always been a pleasure working with you, talking with you, being around you, uh, whatever we're doing. It's always been yeah. uh, enlightening and, and fun. So, uh, you know. And uh, let's do it again. Yeah, we'll no doubt. Again. We'll, no we'll doubt. drill down on something specific. You yes, know, like, yes. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe resistance training for martial arts yeah. fighters, depending upon – 
like you said, off season. All right, you know, yeah. maybe maybe you want to go up a weight class. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's go up to some power. Yes. Yes. And Something like that. Yeah. Strength is good. All right, Marty. Again, thank you very much. And, All right, my uh, pleasure. We'll talk soon. All right, take care, brother. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Phil. You're my boy. <laughs> bye bye. So, guys. Uh, so here we just heard from Marty Gallagher, the godfather of American powerlifting, and um, also let you know. Don't forget about kettlebellking.com for all of your kettlebell workout needs. Uh, we have that online training program available, as well as the certification, new certification with the Body Bell Method at uh, bodybellmethod.com. The first certification will be held on March 8th. Thank you. And from the Undefeated Studios here with Dougie Fress, this is Master Phil signing off. Strength and honor. <laughs>